Hello, my friends, and welcome to I Am The Sky podcast. I'm Bonnie Peace. I guess I'll start off by telling you a little bit about myself. I grew up in Australia, in Melbourne, and I had a pretty kind of hippie, creative childhood. I went to a Steiner school, otherwise known as Waldorf. I loved it. It was a very beautiful, beautiful school experience. And then I got into acting and singing when I was around 15. Um, Yeah, I started getting inspired about that. And long story short, I got an agent and I actually booked my first thing that I ever auditioned for. There was a TV show, a kid's TV show called High Flyers, which was um, so much fun. It was a six-month shoot. I left school when I was 16 and played a trapeze artist. I did like all these circus skills and met some amazing people and fell in love with acting and the whole process of being on set. And from there, I did a bunch of other Australian TV shows and then was cast in Star Wars Episode 2, where I played Baru, Baru White Sun, who was basically the young version of Luke Skywalker's aunt. So that was really, really exciting. Uh, We filmed in Tunisia, in Northern Africa. I got to work with, you know, George Lucas, Natalie Portman, Hayden Christensen, some other incredible people, Joel Edgerton. So that was kind of my start into the whole Hollywood world. And when I finished school at 18, basically... You know, I got invited to the, the premiere. My role was pretty small, but they invited me uh, to the premiere in Hollywood. And I was like, of course, I've just finished school. I'm going to Hollywood for the Star Wars premiere. So I headed off on my own. Uh, I went to the premiere actually with Rose Byrne because she was she was in episode two as well. So we were kind of two Aussies who were new to Hollywood and we just, you know, hung out together and had that whole experience. So that was the beginning of my Hollywood chapter and I really, I actually wanted to pursue music more. I'd been writing songs and, you know, um, playing at folk festivals and things in Australia, which I really loved. But yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to make an album. So I had my eyes set on Hollywood. I, I landed, landed there with my guitar and suitcase, basically. And I got a record deal uh, pretty quickly and That was a journey of, I forget how long it was, maybe like four or five years where I was working with Val Garay, the producer, making this album and writing songs with all these incredible songwriters around the US. Uh, I won't tell that whole story now, but we didn't end up releasing that album in the end. But I guess that was kind of my musical education, you know, getting to, to work with Val uh, meet all those people and write songs with all those songwriters. And there were many things that I started to love about LA. At first it was, you know, a little bit of a culture shock, but I did fall in love with aspects of LA, the, the health culture, the the feeling that you can make your dreams happen there and sit in a cafe and, you know, next at the next table there's someone writing a script or having a meeting about a project they're working on or you know, they've got their headphones on and they're working on some music or something. I just, I love, I still do love that about LA. People go there to create 
and to bring their dreams into fruition. And there's also a lot of things that I find challenging about LA and Hollywood. And, you know, it can be a culture of transactional relationships and also feeling lost. I I feel a lot of people can get lost there. I did. I, uh, yeah, I just started to feel um, like some unworthiness crept in and it was hard to get things happening and there was a lot of waiting around, which was challenging because I love to just be in a creative flow and and the, the waiting process I find is really, really difficult as an artist. So these days I do everything I can to keep my own creative spark going and I don't sit around and wait for somebody to give me a job or an opportunity you know you've got to keep that spark going and then the opportunities will come I feel but yeah Hollywood um it had its difficulties I I had some anxiety I was feeling um yeah kind of lost even though there were great things happening and that was when my spiritual search started I I did a meditation course and that I guess I was 25 at that point and I had an awakening, a pretty big one, big one. I yeah, the, when I first started this meditation, something really big opened up and I dropped into a state of pure bliss, joy, love. You know, no fear. Just this incredible experience of gratitude and being alive. Yeah, and and this energy kind of started flowing for me and everything changed after that. I remember sitting on the beach in Malibu. I was in this state of joy for for three days straight. And I remember driving around LA. I, I mean, I was a little bit out of it. You know, Kundalini stuff can do that. It can get you on a bit of a high and yeah, it's not necessarily always safe to drive a car. So I was driving around and I... Um, almost had a couple of accidents because I was just like whoa you know 25 uh, it's, it wasn't my first spiritual experience I did have a little awakening when I was about 11 too which maybe I'll tell you about some other time but but yeah the contrast of feeling kind of lost in Hollywood and then this joy that kicked in was just like wow what have I been doing with myself so I was driving around and I remember just sitting on the beach in Malibu and just feeling the sand and looking out at the ocean and crying with beauty, feeling so connected. So after that, things were different. I I didn't care about Hollywood as much. And I knew that there was something so, so, so much deeper. Um, that, yeah, that joy did dissipate after three days. And I went back into kind of some, some anxiety and stress and everything. And after having that experience, the anxiety and stress was, you know, in contrast a lot more. So I started to feel jaded about Hollywood and I was wondering, you know, is this for me? And I, you know, was doing different uh, programs and exploring different things. And that's kind of around the time that I met Mark, my now husband. And actually I'd, I'd met him three years earlier, but... Um, only once. So we, we met again and he told me about this program that he was doing and it sounded incredible. You know, he seemed to be in a really great place and it, it had that kind of spiritual pull to it. It felt, it felt deep. It felt meaningful. It felt profound. It felt 
in line with that experience that I'd had. And yeah, I just, things were falling apart with the record label. Um, you know, the, the, the whole financial crash had happened in 2008 and, the album wasn't going anywhere and there were some struggles with that. And so, yeah, I just felt so cold to, to go where, where my inspiration was leading me. So I, Mark and I got together at that point and I joined the program that he was telling me about, which I'm not going to go into that whole story. In the end, it turned out to be a cult. There were some great things in the beginning, obviously, you don't get involved with something unless there's something that feels profound and worthwhile and and draws you in. So I did. I loved it for years. I was really moved by it. Uh, but now, yeah, looking back, for sure there were red flags. But I was drawn into this thing and I just didn't have the wisdom yet to be able to recognize those red flags. And I wasn't listening to my own inner knowing. We were really kind of encouraged to question that and slowly but surely encouraged to to listen more and more to people outside of ourselves so I was in that for seven years and and eventually I woke up and escaped and that's a whole other story but yeah I I woke up I actually had a spiritual awakening another one in 2016 I'll go into that story another time, but it was that was similar kind of thing, but much deeper, huge Kundalini awakening and about three months of total joy, bliss, grace, flow. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, so that happened in 2016. And after that experience, I guess similar to the, the Hollywood thing, I I looked around at what was going on in this group. And I could see that people weren't joyful. And I had found what I was looking for. And I could see that the other people weren't, they didn't have that. And and the structures, I could feel the structures in the organization were, uh, were you know, constrictive and restrictive. And yeah, I could feel that people's spirits were being crushed and mine had been too. And that's a, a much longer story of what happened in there. But there was a whole underground thing going on and the leader and the leaders were committing a a whole bunch of crimes, super, super bad crimes. And looking back, I now know that the abuse was woven through the whole thing. I just didn't know how to recognize that. And after that awakening, I was like, no, this is not right for me. So I I intuitively started to to leave. It took me a few months to, to actually leave. Anyway, you can go and watch um, The Vow on HBO if you want to see that story and a bunch of us coming to terms with what had happened and working to rescue people and get them out and get law enforcement involved. In the end, the the leader did get arrested and he was um, convicted for 120 years. So there was that whole journey and then... After that, Mark and I landed back in LA and we started um, the process of, well, we were filming The Vow, the documentary, and just trying to get our lives back. And it's an interesting experience to have so much trauma come up after a Kundalini awakening too. 
you know, a part of it, I, I think, is um, Kundalini is very, very powerful, and I'll do a whole episode about that probably. But there's this energy that just, well, for me, it erupted in my system, like literally, well, felt like it eruptions, explosions of joy and ecstasy and bliss that also had a painful, uncomfortable element to it. And um, now looking back, I understand that if your energy system is not very clear, which, I mean, we all have trauma, right? And I had a lot at that point. Uh, yeah, the kundalini energy, you know, hits up against those blockages and it gets stuck and it's a whole process. Now looking back, I realized that you need to really work with that trauma and free it up and do energy work and move your body and um, allow that energy to flow so it doesn't get stuck. But I had three years of trauma and... I didn't feel like meditating during that time. I don't know about you, but if you've been through a super, super hard time with a lot of trauma and high, like extreme stress, it can be hard to meditate. You just, I don't know, I just didn't want to go in. Now I know that that space that I had found was still there and all I had to do was go back into it and it activated again pretty quickly and that joy and everything came back. But I just didn't want to meditate. I wasn't in the flow of that. We were just caught up in this insane battle of being stalked and harassed and um, threatened and terrified and financially ruined and all of that. So yeah, that was another part of the journey. And then Mark and I moved to Portugal, which I'll do an episode about that too. There's so much I want to say about it. But we felt called to come to Portugal and we were just trying to heal, you know, licking our wounds sitting on the beach, going for morning walks, breathing in the ocean air, just letting nature embrace us and heal us. And we really needed to take that time to, to let our nervous systems settle. And that, that takes time. So we were in Portugal for a while. I, I was feeling cold to do acting again, actually. I was journaling about it and starting to vision, you know, do some visioning but I wasn't actively doing anything towards it. I still felt super broken from everything we'd been through. And then I get a call from Lucasfilm. <laughs> Suddenly I find myself on a call with Deborah Chow. And they were inviting me back to, to be in the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that I did Star Wars Episode 3 when I was 19 as well. So Obi-Wan was my third Star Wars thing. So I found myself on a call with Deborah Chow and that opened up the next journey of getting back into acting, becoming an artist again and realizing that I was going to be on a huge set for this role, which was much bigger than my original role was. There was a lot of prep work for me. Just I just had to kind of nail down the accent and make sure that my nervous system was okay to be on a set like that. So I went into a, a healing phase, like a deliberate healing phase of like, I need to get better now so that I can be on set. So Mark and I started that. We both quit coffee because we realized it was not helpful for us at that point. I'm now drinking some decaf again. I love it. But yeah, totally went off caffeine. And then I headed back to the US, back to LA for a few months while Mark was actually here. So we were apart for, for three months 
and I was kind of on call for Obi-Wan, things were still, you know, restricted, a little bit locked down. Everyone was worried about COVID on set. Uh, so I was just hanging out in LA, um, waiting, <laughs> um, but preparing. And I was grateful for that time that I had before we started filming to just heal and get to get to a good place where I felt, um, you know, healthy, well, healthy-ish. I still had struggles, but pretty healthy to be on set. So I filmed Obi-Wan Kenobi and then I filmed another movie, My Favorite Girlfriend, a lovely romantic comedy by Amanda Raymond, where I actually played somebody with DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. So I played multiple characters, which was a whole other healing process. I needed to get myself ready for a marathon to jump into all of these different characters. Uh, And that was one thing, actually, when they offered me the role, when Amanda offered me the role, I did not know if I could do it. I had a lot of self-doubt. I was worried that my trauma would kick in and I wouldn't be able to do a marathon film shoot like that. I still needed a lot of rest. I had adrenal fatigue and all of that. But I felt so safe with Amanda that I said yes. You know, it's it's hard to say no to an opportunity like that because it was calling my heart. I, I wanted to do it. I just had so much that I needed to work through in order to get to the place where I could step into it and do it. But I said yes, and I went for it, I did it, and I was so proud of myself after filming Obi-Wan and my favorite girlfriend. I just felt I was in a whole new part of my healing journey and so proud of myself for pushing through when a big part of my nervous system at least wanted to continue to hide away on a quiet beach in Portugal. So now I'm enjoying a whole new part of the creative process where I feel so inspired and lit up about my own projects. I'm working on some music. I'm developing some other skills from for some other offerings that I'm going to bring out, you know, whenever they're ready. And I'm going to be doing two other films next year. It's just exciting to have my own projects, my own creative flow, and then um, continue to be invited to do these other wonderful, wonderful projects with great people. That's one thing that I'm I'm really going for these days. Whatever I do, I want to make sure that I'm surrounded by great people and people that feel uh, inspiring and uplifting and wonderful to be around. I'm also an intuitive tarot reader, which I started a few years ago. I absolutely love that. I've been doing readings uh, quite a lot over the last couple of years. And that's that's such a beautiful thing for me to do. And I find when I do that, it really drops me back into that, that energy too. That, that tangible spiritual energy of joy and bliss and grace. Um, yeah, it's a nice tool for me to just drop in. And I, I did find that my intuitive stuff really came online after that awakening in 2016. And I'm also in a process of stabilizing that awakening. There's... Yeah, after a big awakening like that, there can be all this upheaval. So it kind of makes sense that my life (laughs) was just completely unraveling and massive, massive upheaval. And also, yeah, the the trauma being worked through in my nervous system. And now I've come back to 
a practice of meditation and dropping into that energy and letting it guide me and allowing it to infuse my system and my life. And it's a journey. You know, there, there are still hard times and things come up. It's kind of like, it feels like as you're purifying things and bringing more and more light into your system, things need to clear out. It's a cleanse. So I find stuff comes up, emotional stuff, trauma, things that need to be uh, just seen and healed in whatever way feels right. Often I find just bringing awareness to them, to these things like sitting with these uncomfortable emotions and traumatic feelings and just kind of allowing awareness and, and light to infuse into them. It unravels and, and healing happens. So I'm in that process of enjoying this beautiful energy and allowing it to, to cleanse and purify things in my system. I can't wait to do that episode on Kundalini. There's so much I want to say. So what you can expect from this podcast is a lot of rawness, realness, humanness. I'm just going to share the things that I'm going through, the things I'm reflecting on, thoughts, insights, awarenesses that I'm having. There'll def definitely be a lot of uh, spiritual topics because it just that calls me so much. I'm sure I'll talk a lot about meditation. As I said, Kundalini, I will probably pull some, some tarot cards and do some kind of intuitive readings, energy update type things. And yeah, I just hope that by me sharing all of this, you feel less alone in a world that is quite chaotic and intense right now. And that somehow my story can help you uh, connect more to yourself and your own soul and what you're being called to do and to listen to those intuitive hits and those things that are that are calling to you. I hope that I can be an inspiration for you to listen to those things more. And I'm not going to be too perfectionist about uh, the production or anything like that. I have a great mic. We live in Portugal and there's a lot of noise that can happen. There's roosters, seagulls, cats meowing. You know, once people start drinking wine after about 5 p.m., they get a little rowdy. They start partying. And if I'm feeling inspired and I want to record something, I'm not going to wait until they finish their party. <laughs> so you might hear some of that. Uh, and I'm going to release episodes when I feel like it, when, when I'm feeling called to share with you. So it's not necessarily going to be on a weekly schedule or anything like that. I might find that at times I am consistent and I've just got so much to say and I'm feeling inspired and I'll just keep sharing. And other times, you know, things ebb and flow. And certainly in my own healing process, I, yeah, there's ebbs and flows. And there are times where I need to just go within. I need to spend my time in meditation, in quiet reflection, going for walks along the beach, listening to inspiring things myself and just taking some time out. So I will take those time outs when I need to. And then you'll get a flurry of inspiration when I'm feeling it. So thank you so much for listening. It would help me if you can subscribe and rate and review, uh, preferably a great rate and review. Um, because of leaving this cult experience, I do have some people 
I don't want to say enemies, but some people who may be giving me some bad reviews or something. So if you could help to kind of keep things lifted up, that would be fantastic. And it would help get this podcast out to more people for sure. And if you like, you can follow me on Instagram. My personal one is at Bonnie, which is B-O-N-N-I-E-M, peace, P-I-E-S-S-E. And my spirituality one, kind of tarot, spiritual musings, is at of soul and sky. And I'm going to be kind of evolving those tarot offerings as well. Um, I'll be bringing in some new things soon, which I'm working on. Excited to share about. But yeah, reach out, say hi. I'd love to connect. And I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.